0: We're, we're going to talk about something that has been on my heart for some time. Uh, I believe this is, God is working this at all times, but certainly at this time, I do believe that uh, this is happening. And uh, that the, these, this message will be for the next two weeks. So this week and next week, if you would hold on to your handout, uh, you may want to pray over it and uh, just uh, be ready for God to speak to you. Okay. There's some false ideas about our Father's love for us. You've mentioned, I have, you've heard me say at various times, and even last week, and I, I, I use the word, our Father, and how intimate that is. Roman, uh, Romans chapter 8 talks about that, you know, we cry out, Abba, Father. And what that means is, Daddy God, Papa, God, It's very intimate. It's not disrespectful. And it's not uh, irreverent. It's actually how we see our father. And many times when I'm praying with people, I'll pray that uh, that that person would just crawl up into their daddy's arms and just cuddle up next to their father. Our father is very, very intimate. But there's, there's some false ideas about our father. And we know we pray, Our Father who art in ha- heaven, hallowed be thy name. And there's some false ideas about him because they believe, you know, because we mess up a lot, right? Or I do anyway. And we feel like when we do mess up, we know we ask forgiveness because in 1 John chapter 1 it talks about that. that we're to confess our sins, asking to forgive us. In other words, agree with our Father that it's sin. And then we move on. But many times over the years and uh, various things we've done, Maybe before we came to Christ or maybe even afterwards, there's a sense of shame or maybe guilt or maybe uh, we just feel like there's some patterns in your life that are not really honoring to the Lord. And you're like, I don't want these things in my life. And why do they continue to pop up? And so we have a wrong perception of God, our father. When we have those things, we begin to shy away from Him. We begin to draw back from Him because we feel like, in one way or another, that if we get away from Him, is that He won't see it. And yet, He's always with us. And yet, our Father, very intimately, comes along and says, run to me, your child. When you've messed up the most in your life, when you really feel like, hey, this, this, my life is not turning out the way that I, I think it should, then run to the Father. And this is what this is about today. Because there are many wrong ideas about our Father. I want to talk about the fact. What, what this is. How our Father responds to us. What our Father wants in that relationship with us. It's very important to understand that our Father wants to do us good. And it's Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11. And I'll read it slower. Ask and it shall or will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much greater is our Heavenly Father, who, as we come before him, will give us good gifts as we come and ask him for these good gifts? Now, that's the word of God. It's so plain. But yet, sometimes we just don't believe it because, we, again, we mess up a lot. You know, it, it, God says in John, 1 John chapter 1, it says, you know, if you say you don't have sin, he says you make God out to be a liar. But he says when you do sin, then, you know, run to me and ask. And if you confess your sins to him, agree with him, it is sin, then he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he says here, asking. He says, so much happens in the kingdom of God when we ask. And, and that says whoever asks, receives. And, and what that is in the Greek imperative actually means continually asking. In other words, you know, you don't see the answer right away. God heard you, of course. He's God. He's with you. And so you ask again. You continue to ask. Continue to seek him. And it's a way of drawing close to God because you're wondering, well, if I say it once, uh, you know, that should be enough. It should be. Sometimes God answers right away. But sometimes in that asking, actually our hearts are changed. In fact, the whole thing is to make us more like Jesus. But sometimes when we feel that shame and the guilt and and the things maybe we've done in the past and maybe we're doing it, you know, maybe we've done it right recently, maybe we're stumbling into a habit Again, into a sin pattern, whatever it may be, our father still loves us, regardless. He may not be pleased with our behavior, but he loves us with an everlasting love. He never stops loving us, And it's important to understand that that is true. But you know what? I've talked about this in the past, and I'll give you a little story. A pastor that I respect, and I've uh, been a part in a conference years ago, and I followed him at times about because I believe his teaching was certainly theologically correct, and he was right on in the sense of, uh, of sharing the Word of God. And uh, not too long ago, some time ago anyway, his, his son, they'd been raised in a Christian church, and one son, went into rebellion and got into drugs and so forth and and, and, and just really broke the family up. And the pastor, of course, and his wife and others prayed and prayed and prayed. And one day the pastor got a call from his son. He was out of town and, and the son said, Father, you know, he could tell that his son was desperate. He could tell that his son was really in the pits. And he said, Father, I, and I think he indicated that he just wanted to end it all. It was just to, uh, life was not worth living. And, and his father, the pastor, the preacher, minister, walked intimately with God, said, don't do it. Don't do it. But he said, oh, you're, you're, God loves you. And his son responded, and he said, God, Dad, I know God loves me. I know that. Many people today know God's love. He, they know intellectually. They, they were raised in the church. They would raised in Sunday school. And they raised, obviously, in a family maybe that, that shared that God loves you. But they have never experienced his love. In our church, I shared in Sunday school this morning. I have for a long time. In our Western culture church today, we have somehow just uh, got rid of experience. We said that we can't have experience because experience is dangerous. You know, even the church today in many ways has said emotion is dangerous. And and so therefore what they do is they uh, obviously just push that out and all. And the church has come up not experiencing the things that the word of God teaches us. We know doctrinally, we know intellectually but we haven't experienced his love. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's very important. If you have a false idea about God. Or maybe you're sitting there today and said, Jim, talk to us a little bit more. Say a little bit more about what you're saying. I know God loves me. We sing Jesus loves me. This I know with the, with the kiddos every, every Sunday. But I know that. But I want to know him deeper. You see that our Father, our Father, a Father, Papa God, Daddy God, wants to touch each and one of us in a deeper way. Don't you want that? You know, I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to just go about with head knowledge. I want to know Jesus. I want to know my Father intimately, close in my heart today. And the only way really of knowing that is to experience His love. This is why we're talking about this today. You know, the Father wants to do good things to us. And Romans chapter 8 speaks of that today. And many people today have that faulty perception of God. And what's happened is, is they believed a lie. We know that this, what then shall we say in response to this? Since God is for us, who can be against us? you know, if, if God is for us, but actually the Greek says since he's for us. I mean, he's nailing it down. Paul is saying that since God is for us, who can be against us? Since this coronavirus and whatever principalities and powers of darkness are behind it, since they are against us, then, you know, God is for us. And our God is bigger than all those things. Our God intimately walks with you and me. And I think that he speaks to us throughout the day. And sometimes we don't even recognize it. I believe that he's given us peace throughout the day and and comfort. many times we don't realize it today because he wants us to know him. He longs for us to know him today. It's not about just us trying to conjure up something to say, oh, I desire God. It's about God wooing us, drawing us. It's important. He draws us. If you feel the drawing of the Lord today, then something's going on. There is a spiritual activity of God's spirit in your life that's taking place. You feel like, you feel, well, I'm not exactly feeling that today. But let me tell you today, there's something going on that you will feel it. God will do that. You know, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud when you say, Lord, I want grace because I want to know you. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, how old I am (laughs) and, you know, I'm at this age, you know, is it time to sort of uh, throw in the towel, sort of like uh, just kind of go through and let me just finish this thing and get on the train to heaven and go to heaven? No, it's not. It's about seeking the Lord while he may be found. And we know in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, it says, if you seek me with all of your heart, then I shall be found by you. You seek me with all your heart. He says, you will. Now, when God says it, he nails it. And it's truth. And he does not go back on his word. What he speaks and what we believe, we walk in it and it's truth today. So if you seek God, you'll find him. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, and God does woo us. We've got a faulty view of God here. Remember the prodigal son, the story? I love that story. It's Luke chapter 15. And the son had been given his father's inheritance. Remember, this is a representative of our father, our father. Okay. The prodigal son had gone away. He was given the father's inheritance. And he went away and he squandered on, actually the Bible indicates, on drinking and, and prostitutes. He spent all of his inheritance on those two things. And so when he came to an end of himself, he said he was actually eating the slop of the pigs. He had nothing. He was totally at the bottom of the barrel. And he began, he, the Bible says he came to his senses and he turned. he said, maybe my father will allow me to go in and live with his hired servants. And so he turned and he began to walk to the father back home today. And the father at a distance saw him, representative of our father, and he ran to his son, who had wasted all of it, and he said, come, come back, my son has returned. And remember what he did? He put the robe of righteousness on him. He put the ring of authority on him, and he put, actually, the shoes of, obviously, of peace and the preparation to share the gospel of peace, which is a part of our armor on his feet. He took his shoes off, gave up his rights, and, and was put on with the shoes of, of God Almighty, to walk in the rights that he had according to God's will, Amen. and remember what he said. He didn't just stop there. He said, "And go killed the fattened calf, and that's because my son, who was once lost, is now found. He's returned to me." And remember that what happened with the other, the son. He goes, <laughs> "He goes, hey dad, this guy squandered all of your your this, your wealth, all the things he gave, and so forth." And he said, "You know, you're taking him back in," is what he's saying. Remember? And remember what the father said to him. He said, son, you've been with me all this time. You've had everything here. You've, you've been taken care of well here. But my son, who was once lost, has been found. That was me. That was you. We once were lost, but we were found. Our God ran to you and me. He ran to me. That's my father. That's my daddy God. That's, that's who he is in our lives. He's gracious, He's loving, He's forgiving. He wants that relationship more with us than we would ever want with Him. The good thing about it is He's wooing us, but we've got that faulty view. You know, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, and I'll come in with him and he with me. I'll sup with him. In other words, I'll dine with him. I'll have intimacy with him and so forth. You see, that is not, it's always been taught. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Baptist, okay? It's always been taught as an evangelistic type of verse and so forth. It's not necessarily evangelistic. It actually is saying that our Father wants to do life with me and you. He wants to go through life with us intimately every moment of every day. Not just when church folks come to church. He wants us to know him and walk with him through the daily affairs of this life. Our Father loves us so much. He said, I'll be there with you. You know, Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I never, never, never is the Greek meaning. He will be with us through. That's who our Father is. And see, there's so many benefits and blessings of God's kingdom. Ephesians chapter 1, listen to this, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, I don't know what y'all think the word every means, but I think it means every. It means all, doesn't it? With, he's already, you say, but that's in heaven. No, it's not, for right now. He's not saying wait till heaven, and he's not writing it there in the book of Revelation. He's saying every spiritual blessing is for you and me right now, in the here and now. That is our Father who's done that and bestowed that upon us. And it's great that He does that. Psalm 23, that He prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, the old saying could say is, when you're in trouble today, run to the table of God. Because in the presence of our enemies... He prepares a table. The enemies are looking on. Our enemies, and we have enemies. You know, it may not be in the flesh, but they're spiritual enemies that are trying to take you and me down. They're spiritual enemies, you believe it or not, let me tell you, that are trying to take you and me out. And he'll do everything that he can to do that. He came to kill, steal, and destroy And he knows when there is potential there of what you can be used in the kingdom of God. He's going to do all he can to take you and me out. Kill, steal, and destroy. But when he does, God has a table, what? Filled with goodies, with intimacy there. He said, run to me. I want to do life with you today. That's what he's saying to us, church. He wants to do life with you and me each and every moment of every day. Some promises, we know there are many promises, are for the here and now. And some promises, obviously, you have to wait on them and they'll be there. But a lot of promises are, are being provided right now. We just haven't opened our eyes to them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Is that when we get to heaven? No. He says raised us up right now and seated us in heavenly realms right now. We, you and I, do y'all feel like you're seated in heavenly realms right now? Do you feel like it? Probably not. But by faith, the Bible, the Word of God says we are. We're actually seated in heavenly realms with Christ right now. We don't wait. It doesn't say it when we get to heaven. We right now, when you're saved, born again, you're seated with Him. Now, that is a blessing today. You know, if we have Christ there with us, we know that. We're seated up there. We are right there when it obviously we go home and be with the Lord. The fullness of that understanding and so forth, the positional thing, will actually become reality in that too for all of us that's certainly here. And so we see as you look back on your handout under number one, introduction to the Father's love. Number one says, "God loves you." The same way he loves Jesus. In John chapter 17 verse 23. This is the passion translation. Listen to this. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them. With the same passionate love that you have for me. Do you believe that God Almighty, our Father, loves you and me. Just like he loves Jesus. You ever heard that? That's true. That's the word of God. This is not me just saying it. This is the word. With the same passionate love, God is passionate about you and me. He desires and and draws us in that way. And so that passion Bible really says it very well. And Jesus prays for us to experience the Father's love just as he did. God loves Jesus and and certainly he he is wanting us to experience the same passionate love that he has for you and me. And Jesus wants us to dine at the Father's table with him in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, as I just quoted that verse. And the Father's table represents all the blessings and benefits of the kingdom of God there. All of them, all the blessings. And he's asking you, wanting you and me to come and dine with him in that intimacy, to know him in that way. And so the Father wants us, listen to this, to experience his love. The word is phileo. P-H-I-L-E-O. And it's an experiential love. The other love that many times is taught is agape love. Which means the unconditional love of God. God. God is love and God loves us. But phileo love is an experiential love that God has for you and me as his children. Isn't that great here? But the enemy, our enemy of our souls, erects many barriers to the Father's love in our thought patterns, in our attitudes, in our habits, you think. You know, when you, a lot of it is actually conditioned on the fact of how you grew up. If you had a father figure there with you who participated in life with you and encouraged you and blessed you and brought you up and taught you and all on that and so forth, then in a way, obviously... We have that sort of foundation there. But many of us have not weren't brought up in that particular uh, environment. And, you know, even today, our our imperfect fathers, as good a father as I had, he was imperfect. And so as a reflection of our father's love through my father is certainly very important. But many people today don't have fathers that are participating in anything in life with them. And so they grow up and they get saved, get born again, and they have these patterns in their life that are, are trapping them. They, they're not free. You know, I've always said, you know, and Darcy put it up, Christ has set us free today. What God is doing in this time of history is setting us free. He's, he's taking those old patterns of thought, all those old habits, all those sinful attitudes and motives and actions and words and so forth, and he's changing it around. He's, he's beginning to reveal the phileo love of the Father today. I was looking at people who have addictions. And I looked at, you know, what is it? You, they pray and ask God, please free me and so forth. And at the end of most of their particular protocol of how, how to get free and so forth is, is they had to know the love of the Father. Every one of them. The love of the Father will set you free. When you get or your love, you know, because you've experienced his love, that love will set you free. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. I've told y'all a lot of times, marble slab is my favorite ice cream. I like chocolate Swiss with a lot of walnuts. A lot of them. Give me more. Is that enough, sir? No. Put one more, more scoop. But I like that. And so right now, as I'm telling you this, and if you've ever had marble slab, you can probably taste it, even as I'm talking about it. I can taste it right now. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. Taste is experiential. I can say, yeah, I read somewhere in a book, and I believe, yeah, a chocolate of Swiss is real good, you know, and so forth. But it really is not complete until you go to marble slab and get them to put it on that cold slab and give it to you in a cone and eat it. There's no way of knowing it. And so there's no way of really fully, really knowing the phileo love of our Father who's very intimate with us without really tasting and seeing that He's good. You know, some things can only be known by experience. But when you do, you'll know it. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, God never intended for us and all this stuff just to be in our heads. Yeah, I studied it. I have a seminary degree, i got a business management degree, I've got all this stuff, you know, I got out there and began to minister to people, and you know, in that seminary degree, I'm not sure I've always told you of any of that that did me any good, okay? Because you're dealing with demons, you're dealing with with emotional traumas, you're dealing with obviously prayer, you're dealing with all this, all this stuff, I can't turn and say, wait just a minute, when that demon manifests, let me look in this book over here and see how I deal with this, no. I know through experience the power of God. I could say, well, I know God is all-powerful. But until you experience it, you never really will be free. Theologically, we focus on agape love, God's agape love. We focus on that. Let me see if I can't get a little bit more understanding here. You know, I've got enough in my mind, not that I know, I'm no scholar, but I've got enough, obviously, to know to go throughout my whole life. I still get into the word. And I still study. Don't get me wrong. But I need to know. That I know. And experience the father's love here. And this teaching of agape love. Focuses on God's love. Uh, in an experiential way. Sense or the phileo love here. And phileo is God's demonstrated. Tender affection. Very important here. And so God I want to tell you. If you're there and you've got things in your past or you've got things in your future and so forth, God never intended for you to be in bondage or to me to be in bondage in any way. If somehow the enemy, because you believe lies, has set up strongholds in your mind because maybe your father or maybe somebody told you that you would never make it in life, you are unworthy and so forth, and, and you'll never make it. And they talk to you that way and they never encouraged you. Then there's more than likely some type of stronghold that's there in your life. And God never intended for you and me to live that way. He came to set the captive free. But the only way of knowing that is experiencing God's O love. Our Father who is tender with you and me. We've never experienced it many times. It's good to know in our heads, but it's not satisfying to the heart. And it's not all. That God has for each one of us. It's important to know that. That phileo love. And so the question is. Does God have phileo love for you? We see here. uh, Actually in John 16 and 17. And agape love focuses on truth about God. While phileo love focuses on a touch from God. You know when I'm singing here. Uh, and the worship songs that Jerry and that I worship the Lord and, and, and all, we sing songs with both. We sing songs sometimes about God and some of the hymns and so forth, they were about God. But I like that other side when I sing to God, when I tell of his love and I speak of his character and I declare who he is in my worship today, I want to speak directly to my God. Agape love speaks about God, phileo God is actually a touch from our Father, and it's important that you and I have that. And so it is this experience of phileo love that enables us to become like Jesus Christ. Changes you. Changes you, really. And the Father's phileo for us, love, opens the way to abiding pre- the abiding presence of Jesus Christ. There are barriers to experiencing the Father's love, cold earthly father's thought patterns, attitudes, habits, and then the strongholds. When we sin, sometimes we, we don't close that door, and sin comes in, and continues to come in, and, and we don't confess, maybe at the time, and a door is open, and so forth. We don't go back and confess it, and then ask God, close that door. Don't let it in. Don't let that thing in my house. Close that door, certainly. Agape love, unconditional love. God is a loving being, and nothing can disturb that at all. But, The phileo experienced love. We are made to experience his love and affection. I've asked Billy to share about that today as I was talking about that. He called me this past week and and talked to me about something that's happening in his life uh, in regards to this. And Billy, would you come and share with me what you shared with me this past week?
1: Thank you well, it's pretty much the same thing I was explaining. There are the men and women and the law enforcement officials and the responders in the military it touched my heart you know it's a, yeah, um I well there's a dude Matt, yeah Kroger so he always he, he's a veteran, you know, and I seen him you know he only had a wheelchair he didn't have no motorized one and and i I asked him I said, you a veteran and I said thank you for your services because without you we won't be no one. And he, he I said, well, would you like me to help you because you're by yourself? You know what I mean? I could help you. He said, sure. Maybe we could go around and have a have a talk, you know, and help him and got the basket, you know, whatever groceries he wanted in there and and stuff like that. And, he, it, and every time I, I sit at Kroger's, I know it's like I could pinpoint when he's coming in again. It's like I sit right there at that Starbucks thing and wait. And every time he comes in I'm the same spot doing the same thing. And I said, You you are a hometown hero. He says, With what you we what you show in your heart, your, your it's on your heart and I see in you, you are my hometown hero too. And that made that I said, I'm not a hometown hero. I'm just a man knowing, understanding the knowledge of everything they served for us. Never forget them at all. Just because Veterans Day is one one once a year. But in my heart, in my mind, it's Veterans Day every day. I mean, we always need, need to open up. Because you amazing how many veterans I've seen. I've seen one with the suit, uh, I'm telling you, yeah, it's camouflage, and then one has a Marine. And it's amazing that glitter in the eye that you tell them thank you. And some of them like, boy, is this really happening? Is, am I dreaming? Somebody's actually recognized me who I am and what I did, they all are hometown heroes. You, your military, a lot of y'all, y'all still are, you're my hometown heroes. Because without you, Lord, we won't be nowhere. But thanks for, I wish I could reach out to a lot more people out there, the military, the men and women, of the law enforcement, the first responders in the military. I wish I could reach out to them. I'm only one. But I said that, and the God, I was sitting there thinking about it all day long and God told me, he said, "Hey, maybe you could reach out this way." And I was thinking, I was listening to the Only Imagine song and realizing what going in it. It touched my heart so much that it's like they're, they're proud of me, American. It touched me hard. It's like it hits me because you know these 1st responders fighters—they're willing to say, "Catch it, you know," willing to get to catch a bullet to just protect you and I in this whole world. They have never forgotten my book. Without the, even, I know I'm rambling on, but it just, it, it, I feel it in my heart, I had to say.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He, he uh, I wanted him to, to share on, he, he called me and he said, uh, he's been singing, I can only imagine, okay? And when, when Billy called me, he told me, he said, Jim, something's happening in my heart. I can feel that tenderness of my father, is what he's saying, in my heart. Billy was experiencing the tenderness and love of his father, that, that his father brought him out of the pit and put his feet on a rock. His name is Jesus. And he was feeling his tenderness, the warmth of his touch when he began to sing this song. And he was telling me, and I said, Billy, this is what we've been talking about. You know the Father's love. And what happens is it changes our lives, amen? It changes our lives to, to, to be able to sense. Our Father loves us. And I can only imagine what heaven will be like if I'll stand and shout and I'll sing or sit down. Well, I, I'll be able to say anything at all. And Billy was feeling that tenderness and that touch. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank Praise you. Thank you it changes you. It changes you. He takes us out. Changes our pattern of thinking when we experience his. Because it's so tender. What is happening? It is happening from his, God's spirit to our spirit man. Is actually touching us at a very deep level. And see, so often, you know, we're like, well, if I really surrender my life to the Lord, if I really ask for these things, again, will he give me, uh, as the Bible says the Luke 10, uh, a scorpion or snake? Uh, obviously, our Father is a good Father. And we give good gifts to our children, right? I don't think we disagree about that. We give good gifts to our children. But it goes on to say, how much more... Will our Heavenly Father give good gifts and give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Our Father is so much greater than what we've imagined or experienced. But I want all that God has for me. I want to go deeper and deeper and deeper with God Almighty because I believe that's Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. Actually, that is the Lord's prayer. When Jesus was praying for us, He he's praying for His disciples. He was praying for us, you and me, in that prayer. And he says, you know, may they be one as we are one. Unity in the love and the bond of love. They're family. We're all family. Let us be close together. Let no bitterness or let no bickering or any of those things even enter into it. That we as a family come together to show the world what Jesus looks like. And we experience that love. Amen. And y'all, many of us have testified to it. Many of our ladies, they stand and share I never get tired of hearing about it at all. It's very important. It's very uh, deep. John 17 says, you know, it is the phileo love. It's agape, but it also is a phileo love. And he says this, that they may love me as you love me. They may know you. Then it continues. And my love in, in John 16, it talks about the continuation. Here we go. Let's read it. I have made you known to them. And will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The love that the Father has for us. We would have the same love for for our Father and, and, and for Jesus and for the Holy Spirit of God today. The same love. And you know when Jesus prays, he gets his way, right? He prays in the perfect will of the Father. He doesn't in any way miss the mark. He gets what exactly he's saying here. You know, experiential. I'll put it like this, and I believe this. When you experience the love of God, the phileo love of our Father, that's when intimacy begins. That's when real intimacy begins. And that's what I want. And I know you want it also. You want that relationship with God. And it will transform us, our sin patterns and habits and unworthiness and shame and regret and depression and anxiety and guilt. It'll change you because you know your Father loves you. He knows what you've done. He knows all of that. And He knows that's why He sent Jesus, so that we'd be forgiven completely. But what happens is we pick up that old luggage and we carry it around. It's heavy, isn't it? We go, no, God said, I came to set you free. I want to show you my love. I want that love to be in you. Certainly here, John 17, Jesus prays that we would have his experience. And Jesus is not thinking theologically here necessarily. He's thinking about experientially here. To experience his love there. I remember I was at my mother's funeral some years ago. Certain times you've experienced that. And my mom was a great lady, a wonderful lady, a wonderful mother and all. And, and so my father and my brother and myself went up and sat on the front pew of the church that, where mom was, uh, the service was going to be. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, a peace came over me. I mean, it was a peace I'll never forget. And it just covered me. It went down from the top of my head and went right on down to my feet, and I was covered in a total peace. I was at total peace about that. And I knew Jesus is our peace, yes. But when I experienced that peace, I knew that God has, had done that to me. He had come over me and I was experiencing His peace, His love for me. And I got home that afternoon, my dad and my brother, and my dad looked at me and he said, Jimmy, he said, I, I, I don't know what was going on, but he said, I was sitting there up front and he said, a peace came on me. That I can't even understand or explain. And my brother is saying all three of us. We experience. I've never forgotten that. It was in 1989. I've never forgotten that. I've always talked to my, my, my testimony. About how God got a hold of my life. And I, I changed courses in life. In no, November of 1985. I was sharing it in with the Sunday school about it. Where God just touched me in a deep way. And changed my life. He came and touched me and, and the warmth of his presence, the heat of his presence, the experiential love he had for me. I knew at that time that if I was the only sinner, that Jesus would have still went to Calvary for me. i would one sinner. He still would have marched right up there, nailed to the cross, shed his blood for me, rose from the dead if I'd been the only sinner. I knew that and I knew his love intimately. You see, I believe God wants to continue to do that on a regular basis. I don't believe that's a one-time experience. I believe phileo love is something that happens regularly. And I believe God's going to get that. But he says, ask and it shall be given. Ask for that phileo love experience of God's love for you and me. I was sitting on the cruise ship. I love to get out on the water. I love God's creation. And we sit on the, out there uh, on the deck out and look at the water. Beautiful. You get away from Galveston and it's, it's just really pretty. It's awesome. And I see it and I look at a distance. Sometimes when you can see land, sometimes you just see the shape of the earth. As it's as round. You can't see it so far. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. I, I'm sensing something. That something is imprinted on my spirit that changes me. It's stamped right there on my spirit. It's deposited in me. Something I can't explain. When you came to Jesus, what happened? You know, uh, getting saved and getting born again is not just an intellectual agreement with saying, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner and and so forth uh, and and save me and all. That's the beginning, but something happens. I'm not saying you have that fireworks. And I'm not saying you've got to have experience like the next person, but I'm saying something changes you. Your life changes as a result. And so this experiential phileo love of our Father is very deep, very, very personal and intimate here. You know, Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17 says, listen to this. This is Jesus. I'll explain something. Many times as I grew up, I kind of thought, well, Jesus is certainly God. Yes, he is. But he's also, he's deity, but he's also human. He's human. And do you know he never operated in his humanness, in his humanity. I mean, pardon me, in his deity. He always operated in his humanity. And so when he got the nails nailed in his hands there, he was being nailed as a human being. He hung on the cross. He was still God. But he hung on the cross. He experienced those things. And we know that obviously the word of God says that he knows our afflictions. He knows what we're going through. He suffered them himself. If it was just God, then we know God could have rose above it and, and said, Yeah, I think I know. But no, he knows because he experienced that. And John Matthew 3 says, And a voice, remember when he was being baptized in the River Jordan? And a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. You see, in the experience of phileo love, Jesus experiences the father's nearness. He hears his voice and feels his father's affections. Now, if Jesus needed that, so do you and I. He was Jesus. We think he didn't need anything. And yet every time when he went away on the hillside and he prayed there and he was praying, I bet that he experienced the father's love for him. He experienced that love for for him. He did. He needed that there at the River Jordan to hear his father's voice, to say, I'm well pleased. And I want to tell you something today, and I want to declare it into every heart in this place. God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. And I believe sometimes and I maybe even here today, the devil has told you that in some way or another you've messed up for the last time you have ruined it you have you've gone over the edge you've you've gone past the point of no return, and God said, no, you haven't. I'm pleased with you, I love you, I love you, and I want you to know my love experientially, okay You know sometimes we just mess up, and sometimes we obviously fall short, and yet to know that love that experiences his love. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it at all. Obviously, that tender touch, Jesus and his humanity needed the Father's touch. The supernatural tender affection that God did even there. It does stamp something on our hearts. It deposits something in us that never goes away. Never. Never. I just shared a couple stories. There could be many, many more where I've experienced. When I heard God call my name one day, I know where I was. And I know sometimes that can happen. And I know God, obviously, in that sense, he can speak any way he wants. Some people, theologians say, well, God can't speak audibly to you. Yeah, yeah, he can. He can speak any way he wants. And I heard him say, Jim, and it was so tender and so intimate. I know right where I was when I heard his voice. You never forget it. It changes you. Why is it that sometimes we drift and we're so torn up by one wave and tossed this way and another? It's because somehow we've forgotten and we're not experiencing the phileo love of our Father. God wants to restore that in our heart. Trust me, He does. Obviously, if you don't get it from the Father, then you can't release it in the others. I can tell people in the food pantry all day long, that God loves you. But something happens when I've experienced that God loves me. I know His tender loving care and then I can release it and you can into other people's lives. It's most important to understand that too. And we should be having these encounters on a regular basis. And basically, I put a term on it. It's called communion. The old friends used to have it. It was talked about a lot and all, communion. And that was one of the things they said, you know, about the elements and so forth. We take, partake of the elements. I believe and take partaking of the Lord's Supper and so forth. But this communion was a deep communion with the Holy Spirit of God with the Father, with their Father. They knew him in that particular way. Now, if you're not asking and not seeking, he still can touch us. Because not, God will not force us. But when we ask... Our Father gives us good gifts. And when we ask Him for this experience today, I just believe He's going to do it today. I have faith that He'll do it. He does it at various times. God spoke to me here. It was a couple weeks ago, and I heard it, and I went, whoa. I said, Lord, was that you? And I said, give me confirmation, Lord. I need confirmation because I believe that was you. And immediately, it wasn't too long after that, here comes confirmation. And I said, Lord, I need more confirmation. And here, more confirmation came. And here, in another different way, I just said, Lord, I'll open my eyes and listen. I need to hear you. God's speaking today. We need to, obviously, to have that prayer. Is Lord, I ask you to give me eyes to see and ears to hear and a mind to understand and a heart to obey. And I believe he's got that. He's doing that, certainly. And uh, I'll share with you this, and then we'll have a song that I believe is so wonderful. We shared it, Jerry uh, cued it up here, and we sang it uh, a couple weeks ago. But I'll say, many believers have not yet experienced the phileo love of God. And where the love of parents and people have failed us, the enemy set up camp at that spot, and he erects strongholds to keep us from experiencing the love of God. He erects strongholds. He doesn't want you to know the love of God experientially. He knows what it'll do to your life. He knows it'll set you free. He knows that you'll fall in love with Jesus, amen. He knows you'll begin to witness more boldly than you are. He knows that. And so he says everything he can to keep you and me from experiencing that phileo, love of God. We've been taught all that. So all these barriers are in the way that we've been taught. Our Western culture doesn't believe in any of that. Experience many times, that's changing. God's making changes certainly here. There was a mom, I'll give an example. I heard a testimony recently. And she had gone to H-E-B. And as she had two children, and she uh, stood up and reached up on the top shelf getting out a particular item that she needed and all. The kids were behind her. She pulled and pulled it down, turned around and looked, and one of the little girls was gone. You know how they are. Once they take off, they can, they can hit breakneck st- speed, okay? That little girl was gone, and she panicked. Now, all of us as mothers and fathers, but certainly mothers in the love for their children and, and all, I mean, she panicked. And she began running from one aisle to the other. This is a true story. And ran and it was H E B. And ran and, and looking, and that baby, that, that little girl, was nowhere to be found. And she stopped for a moment and said, "Lord, I know where you. I know you know where this, my little girl is, and I need peace right now because I'm panicking, and I can't find my child. Help me, Lord." And a peace came on this mama. A peace. That gave her peace. Until finally as she looked. And finally over the intercom. They came on and said. There's a little girl up front. Whoever's mother is here. If you come forward to the front. And she went up and got her little girl. That's our father. That is the of love. Of our father. And thank the Lord. That he loves us that much. I just believe. We're in a, a time. Of history, where that's being revealed more and more because we can't continue on. I don't want to go through. I, I've got, I, again, I'm not a theologian or scholar, but I've got knowledge, but I want to know him intimately. You see, when you know that again, he touches you deeper than you've ever been touched before, and you'll never be the same, and you'll never forget it. Amen? There on your uh, handout is a song called Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. It's been one that's been around a while. Corey, evidently raised up. I'm not sure his whole testimony, but but he wrote this song. Remember? There are three lost things in Luke 15. One, the lost coin. One is uh, the lost uh, sheep. And the third is the prodigal son, the lost son. I thought about it in terms of in that song, remember in Luke chapter 15 to the word of God, he says he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And then he puts that one on his shoulders and brings them back in. And I thought, Lord, you left the 99. They were unprotected. The shepherd protects the sheep, but yet he left and he went after the one, just the one, just the one. Did you put that 99 in jeopardy of the wolves and, and so forth and all these things, certainly. But Jesus, and his wisdom, left those 99 and he went after the one. You see, the one was me. The one was you. And he left the 99. And he came after Jim Barcliffe. And he came. And when he got me, He put me on his shoulders around and wrapped him in. He brought me back to the fold, into the protection. Because I had wandered away. Everything looked better on the other side of the fence and all. Found out it didn't. But he brought me back. He left the 99. This song speaks of it. Amen. Reckless. (laughs) Reckless? (laughs) <laughs> reckless? <laughs> you ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, but it's good, right? That's our Father. Our Father is reckless with His love. And, and we mentioned, what's that mean? And a lot of you raised your hands. He just, He pours it out. He just pours it out. Amen. This week, I encourage you. Ask for experiential phileo love. Touch. From your father. As a church, there are a lot of things coming, folks, I'll tell you, because I believe what God has spoken to me, it's real, real good. We'll share about it in the future. But I believe that these things are happening, and He's revealing His phileo love to every one of our hearts. It has set you free. Get rid of all the shame, the regrets, the hurts. The, the, the patterns and all these things where it's kept you down, God's going to exalt you, lift you up. He says in due season, He'll exalt us. And so we humble ourselves, Lord, and ask that in that right time and due season that you would lift us up. But Lord, in the meantime, we're going to praise you with all of our hearts, Father. Amen. All hearts clear? All hearts clear. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his counts upon you and give you peace. And all of God's people said, "Amen." Amen. Amen. Thank you.